Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, streaming on Facebook Live. Welcome, Ed, Ed, Mike and Gina in no particular order. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? Um, Gina, I'll pick on you first. If you want to give a uh, quick update on North Carolina, what happened, how happy we are, Ed, you can uh, follow up on that if you like. Yes. So North Carolina, um, one of our big races was the North Carolina Supreme Court, um, the race between Trey Allen and April Wood. Um, Trey Allen did end up pulling that out. That was a nomination by Judge Newby. Uh, so Trey Allen has never been a judge. That was one of the things April was running on. Um, and one of the things that Trey ran on that ultimately, I believe, led to April's um, downfall was the fact that they kept throwing out that April would lose her seat. Um, and Governor Cooper, who's a Democrat, would replace her seat on the appeals court for the last two years. However, nobody mentioned that Richard Dietz running uh, for the other Supreme Court seat that is uncontested is also going to be losing his seat. But nobody cared about him, just her. Um, so that was a good one to watch. Ted Budd, obviously, um, won the primary. He was endorsed by Mark Robinson and uh, President Trump. I wasn't voting for him. Um, I think he's been bought out. Um, I was very disappointed that Robinson had ended up endorsing him. So that's either part of a tactic for him running for governor here in the future, or he's been um, compromised. I don't know which one. Um, Robinson was a pretty good guy, right? Robinson's a great guy. And I was very disappointed okay. when he had endorsed Ted Budd because he had been out campaigning with uh, Mark Walker constantly. They were always at events together. And um, so I don't know if it was a thing to put him in a certain position or I, I don't know what happened. I can only speculate. Um, so anyway, I was assuming he was going to endorse Walker to bring him over the top. Uh, anyway, that did not happen. So we've got Ted Budd as our new um, Republican going into the election against Sherry Beasley, who's the top Democrat, who we just got off the North Carolina Supreme Court. So she did very well. She is completely radical. Um, then we have a couple of congressional races. Uh, Trump last minute on Saturday evening actually ended up endorsing another seven candidates, one of them being uh, Patrick McHenry, who is in the 10th district where Ed and I are at. Um, and I think that gave him that extra boost because there was a lot of people that wanted to get rid of him. He has been there quite a long time and uh, he's got a failing grade, honestly, um, from the conservative side. And anyway, Trump gave him an endorsement due to his stance on China and he has taken over. So otherwise with Congress, also Madison Cawthorn um, was the big upset. Chuck Edwards pushed by Tom Tillis last minute with a money dump, um, was able to beat him out by about one and a half points. So with five precincts um, left to report last night, uh, Cawthorn did end up conceding in that race. Um, there was about eight of them running. Um, one of the top contenders was Michelle Woodhouse, and she was the former district chair. And I was very surprised to see all the women down at the bottom in that race. Um, but one of the big things that a lot of people will be talking about, and it happened across the state, was the Democrats that had switched over to unaffiliated um, to run as either Republicans or to bring out votes on the Republican ballots um, from them Democrats and now unaffiliated. So that's your update for North Carolina. So overall, did things move more conservative, less conservative, stay the same? Um, I 
we, I mean, we obviously had a bigger turnout for the Republicans um, only because we had more names on the ballot. There wasn't a lot in a lot of areas. There weren't a lot of Democrats that ran. I'll just say that. Um, so we crushed them as far as numbers coming out to the actual polls. Um, but no, I'm not going to say anything really swung one way or the other. Um, it's hard to tell because we did have a lot that switched parties. So well, I know I that say, my sense is that in North, well, in North Carolina, we should let people know if you're unaffiliated, you can show up on election day and vote in either primary. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of Democrats that have switched out of being Democrats and either gone full bore for Republican into the Republican party or just have gone unaffiliated. And I think that was really the big, the big story of, of the election here that yes. there were so many unaffiliateds and they all voted in the Republican primary. Um, I don't think that North Carolina got more red, but it got less blue. If you can right. understand that. But that of, makes the, sense. of the actual people who kept their offices or lost their offices, did we gain anything towards the conservative side or lose? I mean, if Hawthorne loses, somebody replaces him. Is that somebody better, worse? Better no, I, I mean, I think he's worse. I think he's establishment 100%. Um, but I mean, he's not really losing anything. He's just going to be, he's going to be part of the establishment. It's just going to be somebody that's not going to be running his mouth in Congress. It's going to be somebody that's not bringing up cocaine parties and orgies, you know, and he's going to be the yes man um, to his clique. Um, and that's all that's going to be. So I know the North Carolina GOP um, will be looking into hopefully, because we've got our convention coming up this weekend, um, some of the things with the plan of the org plan of organization may have to do with only Republicans can vote for Republican ballots, only Democrats vote for uh, Democrat ballots, and putting a stop to this party switching, especially the ones that switched over um, just to get the vote because they knew they couldn't win as a Democrat. You know, when you have um, Democrat, what do you, how do you want to say it? When you have your chair of a Democrat party, for example, step into the unaffiliated just to endorse somebody that is running as a Republican. I mean, there, there's red flags everywhere. So we need to figure out as a party how to put a stop to that and make the public aware. Okay. And then I don't follow all of Trump's endorsements, but mm -hmm. is he overwhelmingly Probably for the best. establishment people? <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> recently, recently it has, but not all of them. Don't get me wrong. Not all of them. Um, you know, that's where when you think about Pennsylvania, for example, McCormick would be considered your more establishment um, type guy versus Oz. However, he endorsed yeah, Oz was horrible. So, yeah, they're both horrible. I mean, all three of them are kind of horrible. Um, I'd almost go with Barnett over the two. I, I, I don't know. She, and she's not anything either. I don't know. That's a, a crazy one. And we'll have to wait to see what the final call is after they finish counting the ballots. Yeah, but I mean, Trump's endorsements aren't necessarily outsiders at all, right? I would say the opposite. They're necessarily insiders almost every time. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. trying to be nice. And that's I, really I tend to think Trump um, supports people who say nice things about him rather than people <laughs> who are, um, you know, MAGA in their policies. It's the ring. Unfortunately, it's I think the, ring. the hallmark of the narcissist is they say yes to whoever sucks up to them last. And that is really, really sad.
Well, you know, it's that's we're on the 14th. So all of the states that he just endorsed people for, it was the last day of early. And I mean, he did it in the evening after early voting was over. Is that what's going on? Say it again. He's waiting for their checks to clear. Like, what is that endorsing somebody a minute before? I I don't know, because it was after the polls had closed on early voting. So I don't know if it was a last minute push that these candidates were like, hey, help us out. We need to get people off to the polls. I have no idea. It it didn't make any sense to me to do that such last minute. Mm -hmm. All right. Ed, anything else about North Carolina you want to share? Well, I just wanted to share sort of an analogy that, that stays in my head. You know, when, when East Germany and West Germany unified in 1990, all the, all the people brought up as communists in East Germany suddenly got a vote in West German politics. And German politics has moved steadily left in the last 30 years. And I think that's really the, the threat of having all these Democrats go independent or you know, unaffiliated or even moving into the Republican par- primary party. Uh, I think we're diluting the Republican vote. And I think that, uh, you know, Republicans, you know, Gene and I go to a lot of Republican functions and there's always invocation of Ronald Reagan's big tent and that we got to bring as many people into the tent as possible. And I think that that's a mistake. I think it's a recipe for diluting the message and ultimately destroying your brand. Right. And we only expand the tent leftwards. That too Pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, that's the South Carolina problem was you can vote in either primary, right? Correct. That's and unfortunately, that's what um, is is the case in Virginia, too. You, you don't register by party. You just register to vote. And so when it comes primary time or even convention time, because a lot of uh, offices are defined by convention, um, you can vote in any primary you want and or try to get to be a delegate to any convention you want. That's of course harder, but uh, you can still do it. You could be a Republican in one and Democrat in the next or whatever. So it's, I I don't think that's right because, you know, in principle, the party should be our private organizations and they can do what they want. You know, if Twitter's a private organization and can do what it wants and Facebook, why can't the Republican party, like, why do we have to let Democrats vote on our well, see, and that's, and that's yeah. the crap thing. So with so many of these plans of organization, and that's where we need to just say, screw it already and put things in place. Like, so we are not, for example, as a party locally at the county level or district level, you are not allowed to endorse a candidate prior to primaries. So you can't sit there as a party and be like, hey, look, it's a Democrat. Why are the Democrats running nobody? Oh, it's because the dude's actually a Democrat. And you know, just stuff like that. You're not allowed to do it. And I mean, in all honesty, they're all volunteer positions. What the heck are they going to do? Fire you? And that's what we need to just say, forget it already and bring strong messaging and a strong presence and re just completely restructure our, our plan of organizations at every state level so that we don't have to worry about nonsense like that. Ed Maslish, I got a question for you. You're the perfect respondee for this. How do you compare the Republicans in North Carolina to Republicans in New Jersey? Are they noticeably better or not too big a difference? Besides Gina. I was just going to say, remember, there's a North Carolina Republican right here. Besides Gina, Mm -hmm. who's perfect. There are many that are noticeably better. There are some Republicans here that could pass for Republicans in New Jersey. 
but there aren't many Republicans in New Jersey that could pass for Republicans here. And do you think, Gina, maybe you're better to answer this one. Is the party moving more towards conservatism or is it kind of just? You know, honestly, I think they are. Um, now, it depends on what conservative things you're talking about. Conservative values, yes, I think so very much. When I think about conservative fiscally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like small government stuff. Yeah, not so much. So it, it kind of depends on what you are defining as conservative, you know, if it is every aspect or if it is just some certain things. Because I've seen a lot of people that are quote unquote conservative um, that just keep spending and spending and building and building. And it's like, um, hello, we don't need a taxes raised. No more. Well, you, you know what? Know, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to get too optimistic. Sorry, Steve. Go you have ahead. a Democrat governor, you said? Yes. He's, yeah, he's at one of the presidential hopefuls, it looks like. And when is he up for election? Uh, well, he's not up for election again. Twenty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not up. He, Term he's limited out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he has been put on like the CNN polls um, as far as possibly being one of the top 10 candidates to run uh, for president and all that. So from on the ground, you consider North Carolina purple? Yes. I do. Okay, Holsters. what were you going to say, Gary? You know, I forgot what I was going to say, so I guess we should. <laughs> That's yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely a purple state, um, you know, and it's the same thing. It's all your rural areas are going to be uh, your oh, biggest. I know what I was going to say. I'll go ahead. Sorry, Ed. That's okay. I was going to say, you know, we're, we're, the Republican Party gets fooled a lot by these people that are against abortion but then they're basically for the rest of the Democrats agenda. And I think if and when we ever get this reversal of Roe v. Wade, I think that's going to help a lot because they're not going to be able to hide behind the abortion issue uh, when they when they run in Republican primaries. Once I mean, they'll still be able to hide a little bit because it's still going to be a state level issue. And but I mean, at the federal level, it won't be a federal issue. And I I don't think that they're going to be able to use it the way that they have used it. I think it will help the conservative side if the conservative side is going to be uh, if they're going to if they're really true to their beliefs of, of fiscal responsibility. Then, somebody like somebody like uh, Chris Smith in New Jersey. Right. He has nothing to, to run. Total, on total rhino, except he he's pro-life. Which, by the way, is one of the reasons why they don't want this to ever leave the courts, because they both sides love this. You know, it honestly is funny how many, so part of our plan of, or not plan of organization, I'm sorry, but part of our party platform is the being against abortion. It is like, it's in there. It's article four um, is the sanctity of life. Um, And that is up, up from conception up until natural death. And it is shocking how many Republicans are pro choice. Like it's absolutely (laughs) shocking, you know, and it's like, do you realize what all your party, I don't think people know what their parties stand for exactly. Well, I've never known if platforms matter. Do you have a sense how to many- me they, what, To me, it does. Well, to you, it does. What percentage of people are voting there in the primaries? Any, any idea? Yes. So we have, like our normal primaries are anywhere between nine and 12% um, on average for some of your smaller counties, depending on the race. So- a lot of counties yesterday were around 14, 15%. I think our county was 
at 19 or 20. So we did, we did fairly well um, for our little area, but some counties had real poor turnout. But again, that's because you didn't have any of your Democrats coming out to the polls either, because all they have is a few congressional seats here and there and a couple of races and a few Senate. And that's it. So you didn't you did not have on the ballot this time. You didn't have all of your Democrat school board members or commissioners or aldermen or council. I mean, you had a few here and there, but there wasn't as many. So your numbers definitely were affected by that. It always seems like if you could actually, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, energize the base, explain to people why primaries are so important and sometimes more important than the elections and somehow get them to vote. But that never seems to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of people don't even know what primaries are, in all honesty. They don't. That's what I mean. And but it's and, also hard for the party to do that because the party, I mean, the party is not supposed to take sides in a, in a primary. Right. So it's so, hard to get out and be like, hey, you need to vote for something, but you can't say. But even if you not going to vote for somebody, get involved and at least know what's going on. Because like I always say, by the time it gets to the general, the choices are usually pretty narrow. Right. Well, we had like, for example, here, we had a few of us, not all of us. So I decided not to be a poll observer, um, for example, as I would have been better off yesterday, which I ended up doing. Uh, I sat outside my voting precinct for, I don't know, seven hours or eight hours, whatever it was. And I handed out little things saying, hey, I'm you're also your precinct chair and I'm your your vice chair of the party or second vice chair, whatever the heck I am. And all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, we're going to have a little get together, you know, on June 4th. I want to let you guys know how you can get engaged, why you need to get engaged. And this is what's happening prior to November's election. This is legislation that's coming through. So, you know, it, it starts at that local grassroots level and starting in your precincts is huge. People aren't as motivated during primary season. It's just always been that way. And, you know, again, I always harken back to the Tea Party movement when it was at its zenith. That's what they should have been doing was organizing and starting to take over the party apparatus if they wanted real conservatives in there. But unfortunately, it wasn't a lot of great leadership. That's a good debate. That's a good debate to have, Mike, because I, I firmly believe the Republican Party apparatus is so thoroughly rotten to the core yeah. that there's nothing there's no to question. take over. There's, there's no question. Listen, we're in the county where I am and where Ed used to be, uh, our county Republican organization basically is run by Democrats. I mean, it's just it's such a mess. Right. Well, and, and that's and why like, it is so important for those for those of us that really feel strongly about building the GOP, not building a Democrat party named the GOP, but actually building and equipping it. You know, getting people out is going to be everything. That is going, those people that I can engage with on a one-on-one um, conversation to explain to them how this works, if I can even just reach one person that then in turn will reach one person, that's how it starts. Yeah. That is how it starts. And it's just, also not, a, not as hard as people think to like, it's not. you know, get on things like a uh, county committee here in New Jersey. You know? Right. Well, that's the thing is there's so many, because you don't have to run for races, but there are you know, different committees that you can be on, like you said, your little town committees, they've got those through almost every single, oh, you guys just flop spots. Um, every single county has different boards or committees that are volunteer positions that you're still getting your input in and you can get your feet wet. You can find out the ins and outs of what the heck is actually happening. Like there's no reason that everybody cannot play some type of role. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys probably know, I think New York and New Jersey, it's not worth the time and energy, but <laughs> North Carolina, I would hope it is. And I know you guys work hard down there. So sometimes oh, yeah. I think it is. Sometimes I think it's not. It is, Ed. It is. Let's go. Okay. Um, should we, I want to talk about Mary Poppins for a minute. Mary Poppins. Apparently She's looking for a new job. Like Julie yeah, Andrews, Mary Poppins. I'm not sure who we're talking about. What's that? Julie Andrews. I'm not sure who we're talking Our, about. Uh, disinformation czar. Oh, that <laughs> lady. Yes. So apparently she quit. Yes. She resigned. I literally just saw the headlines. Who knows what exactly is happening? Anybody? Yeah. I think they've pulled back on this uh, disinformation board for the time being because of the pushback. And so uh, given that uh, she... She personally was getting a lot of um, pushback because Black, of her, yeah. uh, you know, being a communist and all. Um, <laughs> I, I think she decided to uh, resign and go back to whatever useless job. Yeah, she they said the articles had said that it was because of her resignation that the whole thing was put on hold. Because she had got so much blowback. Oh. So, must yay. Been, it must have been sticking the finger in the air. Um, so clearly they must have been getting some blowback or at least. Well, some- aren't- some polling data that maybe that wasn't so is, good. Is this a victory for the right? Yes. Yes. Because number one, it showed that these people that they're putting in there are absolutely senile, that they are just full of contemptible lie. Like that's all that she did. Like her, if it wasn't for her craziness and her Mary Poppins song, like nobody would have seen. It's not. It's not a victory for the right unless they abolish the office. Well, that's kind of what I'm wondering. Is this? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Victory. Did you guys see Bobert rip her to shreds on the floor the other day? Yes. And she put up that big doll with the F word. That was quite interesting. I didn't see that part. I don't. um, The war is never won, right? But I think this is a a uh, this is a a temporary victory. Like all victories are temporary. I, I think this is you know. That the disinformation board is now defunct for a while until they can figure out another way of bringing it back. Well, but that's the thing is now they've got all this backup, I guess you'd say, if you want to say it, like video proof and everything of this lady spreading false information. You know, so how are they going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, we've got great people. Thank God for social media and crazy little rants like she did with her little singing. Because that just shows how ridiculous they are. I mean, it shows that everything on the left is a lie, just like these bots for Joe Biden. So they say half of his followers on Twitter, you know, are bots. They're spam. So they've released that. It just shows again and again how much of a lie. I think Nina, I think Nina, Nina Jankowitz, it was a little bit too radical for the position. uh, So too openly radical. Of course, they want radical people. They just want people a little bit. a little bit softer in presentation. Um, and she was very much out there with, you know, we have to sense censorship is good. We have to censor people, that sort of thing. And what um, I think what they'll end up doing is wait uh, a while and uh, bring someone back who is uh, a little bit less outrageous. Who the heck would um, they bring? Like, seriously, they're going to find, like, that's the thing. They in don't presentation. bring it. In, in they presentation, don't. Right. they right. don't look who they just put in for the this new press secretary. They just found somebody more radical than Saki. They don't do that. 
They do not get it. And they don't have anybody, Ed. They don't have anybody. They never learn. They keep doing more and more stupid. No. I I thought of a really interesting point. They'll bring in like Patrice Colors or something. Come on. Ed Maslis, you've spoken to this in a way before. You know, the Alinsky tactic of destroy them by ridicule. And we've said before, we need to ridicule that side. And this may, one of the only instances I can remember where the right has effectively ridiculed somebody out of business. Yeah, that was uh, Paul Joseph Watson's comment earlier today is that, uh, you know, more more ridicule for these people is necessary. Yeah. And for- okay. So well, is that great minds think alike or did he steal that from me? I don't know. He said it before <laughs> I heard it from you. But uh, I, I think people have been talking about this uh, for years as, you know, that's the whole meme culture is you make them look ridiculous. Right. And we've, you know, we've complained even on this show that we don't do it enough, even though they're so open to it. You know, um, what was a Calvin Klein's ad that, that popped up this week? Is that the pregnancy one? The pregnant man. What, you know, they're so open to ridicule. And that, they, yeah. I mean, you guys are smart. You've been around a long time. When's the last time we successfully ridiculed somebody off the left? You know, well, I mean, uh, look at look at what's going on with the don't, uh, you know, go woke, go broke uh, sort of uh, thing. I mean, Disney's losing, you know, t- tens of billions of dollars of uh, of um, market capital because of Christopher Rufo's, uh, you know, Twitter has been attacked by uh, James O'Keefe uh, showing that they are. Oh, the, yeah, we're all we're all. Uh, Kami AF here and um, Netflix uh, is getting, uh, you know, has been getting hammered for uh, pro pedophilia uh, shows and they are now losing subscribers and uh, they're laying off uh, a couple hundred people today. Um, starting that's today. not so much ridicule as it is as people just saying we're not going to use your products anymore. We're, you um, know what I mean? the- we're not going to go to Disney World. The OK OK Groomer meme is just is wonderful and it's very effective on Twitter and everybody's getting everybody on the left is getting triggered by it. It's like just because I think we should support trans kids doesn't mean I'm a groomer and everybody's responding, OK, groomer, OK, groomer, OK, groomer. And, you know, that's that's having an effect. I mean, it's really triggering them. So I I think. you got to get the right presentation, the OK Groomer. Um, meme is very effective, and I'm very happy. Yeah, that, uh, I think uh, Bosch Faustin had a good ca- uh, cartoon of Mickey Mouse where the M in Mickey was on the floor and it just said icky. Yeah, icky. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, no, who, who, who is it? Yeah, Ben Shapiro, it's uh, LGBTIA MOUSE. And um, he'd be a great comedian if you ever I've been saying just that saying. One for months. Everybody's stealing my stuff, but I don't know. I feel like we're, we're, the pendulum is swinging our way. Well, I'm wondering, some is of these there issues, like a but... glimpse of us like fighting back and actually winning a little bit, or is this just a blip? I think the whole Twitter thing has, I, I think this whole thing with Project Veritas exposing them and Elon Musk being, you know. Didn't he say he's going to vote Republican work? next? He yeah. did. Did he not say he that? Well, again, no, he, he had, said he that, that Democrats that are a party of hate and division. And while he has always voted Democrat because he thought they were for kindness, he's now going to vote Republican. That's different than saying, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, that Democrats are a party of hate and division. 
That's a but, great. You know, quote. He shared that cartoon a couple of weeks ago where it's like he's he's in the same spot ideologically, but the left keeps going further and further to the left. So it's like he was he was on the left and then gradually he's on the right. Yeah, it's a, interesting because I've always said, uh, you know, my analogy is the left is on a train to crazy town and people keep getting off at various stops. And I think, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people have gotten off at the censorship stop. I know Glenn Greenwald, uh, you know, now Elon Musk. Um, but people got off at the trans kids stop. People got off at the, uh, um, you know, the various uh, yeah, no, COVID, Wolf ELT, COVID stop, uh, the COVID stop, the the pet pro pedophilia uh, stop. You know, they're, they're the each time the train moves to the next craziest thing, there's a bunch of people get off. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Sam Harris got off at the religion of peace stop a while ago. Um, and we, you know, we laugh at the religion of peace uh, memes now because they're so absurd. But I mean, Sam Harris, is a, he's a liberal. He got off the train. You know what? So, I, got a, I got a question and I've been thinking about this a lot. So with the whole Elon Musk thing and these bots, so now the deal's on hold, right? Do you think he knew ahead of time that there were so many bots that he did this just to expose them and he never had the full intention to buy them? Well, I hope not because I've got a, a couple hundred dollars riding on this, but uh, there is It'd be a, flipping brilliant. I'm just saying there is a third party service that I I've used um, that you, you, you say how many uh, are how many accounts who, who follow this person? I haven't used it in a while, but are real and how many, how many are not real? And it goes through and looks at them and, and gives you the thing. And I think for prominent celebrities like that, um, I think 40% is, is sort of the, the thing is 40% not real accounts. Um, but that's different than like, like how many of those like interact with that person, you know, on a daily or weekly or even monthly basis. And probably a very few of them do. So I think Twitter is saying, well, yeah, there's a lot of bot accounts, but they don't do anything. Um, you know, only 5% of them interact. And, that, and Elon's looking at these third party tools and say, I, I see you've got like, 40% uh, bot accounts. So I think there's this kind of definitional thing. I do think that Elon has decided that Twitter is not worth the 5420 that he offered, um, with which you know is probably true. I, I think he can change it to make it very profitable. I, I, I especially think like if he keeps it low, like two, three dollars a month or something to get verified, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of people, including myself, who would pay for that. First of all, the verified people, the verified people get a, a whole lot of extra tools to use. So that's important. And you get a blue check mark. Do you get that too? Or whatever they do. Yeah. That, that's, mm. Well, they give that away for free now, right? The, the blue check mark. And they take it away for being bad, but um, for being a bad, bad little boy or girl. But I think, <laughs> but the, uh, so you get a lot more tools and they, you get verified in the sense that uh, you have proven to them that you are who that you say you are. Which... Yeah, but how do you do? So you get all these tools for free on Facebook. So why would you pay to use Twitter? Well, Facebook, you do, Facebook is completely useless because when you post something on Facebook, uh, less than five percent of your followers ever see it. Right, but you, you have, have so many more tools as you far as your ad management page. and all that kind of stuff. Your live streaming, your video management, your tool manager. I mean, you have so much, especially if you are doing retail sales, anything you're not selling across Twitter, you're selling on Facebook and it's free and you get verified for free. Your pages get verified for free. Like 
half of Joe Biden's followers are fake. I'm telling you, he set them up. He set them up. It's going to come out. He's not buying Twitter. And he just set them up for destruction and good for him. Well, I'm going to lose question. a couple hundred dollars then. That's why. <laughs> well, thank goodness you only did a couple hundred, not a couple thousand. Isn't exactly. one of the reasons they're going after Trump in New York because they're saying he overvalued a company and they're trying to indict him for that kind of stuff? Is that kind of what he's saying Twitter is doing? Well, I mean, the way you look at a company, right, is you can add up all of their assets on their balance sheet and subtract all their liabilities. And you you can come up with some number. Like if you actually liquidated the company tomorrow, you know, it has this many desks and computers and it has a building and, and you know, maybe a factory and all that. And you add it all up and you'd subtract all the loans and stuff. You get this, this number. But that when you look at the stock market, and you look at the market capitalization of it, it's usually a lot higher than that number, right? Because obviously, if, the, if, if it was just that, the company should be liquidated. But what, what, do you, what does that count, right? What, what is that difference? What, what is that asset that is the difference between like all the stuff it owns and the money and the bank accounts and everything and the actual valuation? Well, that's called goodwill. Goodwill. <laughs> and um, so when you, when you talk about a private company now, you're talking about not, not one that's on the stock market, but a private company. Um, you know, you can do the liquidation value, but then you, you say, well, is, is the company really worth that? Or is it worth more? And you have to estimate, and, and private companies do this all the time, you have to estimate what the goodwill is. And I think that you do it based on like similar companies that are public or, um, you know, uh, various other criteria that you use and that, you know, that how the stock market's doing versus how it's not doing. And I, the company I used to work for, they did this all the time and they had this very, very complicated formula for it. Um, and you estimate the goodwill. And I think what they're trying to say is that Trump was overestimating the goodwill. And I think that, you know, that may be true. It may not be true. I think before Trump ran for president, the Trump name was worth a lot of money. He had that brand was was uh, synonymous with um, sort of luxury, uh, over the top luxury and quality and whatnot. And of course, now that's not true because of all of the media destruction. So I think I, I think it's very hard in this situation to estimate the value of private companies, to be honest, and uh, especially when they've been attacked so viciously in the media. So I, I think that they will try to go after Trump for this, but I, I, I can't imagine the court like going. Well, I can going imagine the court it. doing anything. But as far as Twitter, at what point does that actually become fraud? If they're really, really well, if they filed SEC reports that are in fact false and they knew it was false, then that's fraud, you know. And you have um, to prove they knew it. I don't. Well, I, yeah, but you, you can prove that easily if you get access to the internal emails and stuff. Right. right. So. Right. Okay. So nobody's betting if he's going through it to sale or not? I think he will because I think he wants it. I think I, he's going to go through too. I, but it's not, it's, I, the reason I disagree with with Gina is I do think he is playing a, a longer game and he has more things involved than just, I want to buy this company, but I really do think he wants Twitter. I, I, I think he wants it. 
and it's he's dickering like you buy a car. You know, well, not today, but you know, back in the old days when there were cars to buy, you would dicker with the the salesman. Um, when you could afford gas. Yes, when you could afford. You know, my car. I filled up my tank the other day. It was eighty two dollars. It's the first. Wow. It's, you know, that's the first time that has ever happened. And usually, you know, I, I think like filling up the tank is like 40 bucks and now it's 80 bucks. Last oh, night man. I paid for premium in New York, 515. I've never seen it over five. That's yeah, absolutely. We're, we're close here in, in New Jersey too. So it cost me over 50 for my Honda Accord. Yeah, it, it really is unbelievable. My minivan was more. I, oh, I, that was my Accord. It was 80 bucks for my Accord. Now it was out. I mean, wow. we were running on fumes, but yeah. 80 bucks. Yeah. Okay, let's move up to Buffalo for a minute. because Sh You shuffle off to Buffalo. What's that? You have to shuffle off to Buffalo. Shuffle. Anyway, go ahead. I actually lived there for a short <laughs> while. Um, so apparently Tucker Carlson egged this guy on to kill a whole bunch of people. Is that what That's happened? The dumbest uh, yeah. thing I've ever flipping heard sure. and all this replacement theory bullcrap. These guys are idiots, man. The fact checkers checked it and it's true. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, so I've, I've skimmed his manifesto. It's uh, much of it is cribbed from the New Zealand uh, Christchurch shooters manifesto. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of random stuff, a bunch of memes. Um, it doesn't seem like he had much of a clue as far as how, how to organize things. So it does seem like he's both, um, you know, what they call radicalized by the internet and mentally ill. No mentally sane person would do what he did. So let's just say that before. But I mean, well, there is evil. I mean, that gets yeah, into evil. Yeah. Versus and, certain, and certainly he was, uh, he was definitely evil. Um, but the uh, this is what Clinton did in the 90s. He tried to blame Oklahoma, you blamed it on Rush. On yeah, Rush Limbaugh, you know, and, and Tucker Carlson, let's be honest, is today's Rush Limbaugh. Um, so I think that. Um, but uh, it's, even, it's even worse right now because obviously they want to push this whole narrative about white supremacy. And this just gives them fodder. Right. And un unfortunately, we've got a, a president uh, who obviously has, is not a uniter. <laughs> he's not a uniter, he's a divider. He's going to use it. Uh, apparently double, triple down on, on this nonsense heading into the election. And, um, you know, we're not, we're never supposed to talk about all the other incidents that go on where it's somebody on the other side, like the, uh, the driver in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it was, just a car, it was just a car accident. And, and let me be, be straight about this. Right. I, you know, I, I, if people discuss, you know, what great replacement theory is supposed to be, I, I, I don't know. Ben Shapiro says that it's a, a theory that a bunch of Jews want to, uh, you know, replace whites in America. Now, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a bunch of Jews. I think it's a bunch of the oh, ruling class, yeah, but they do. They do. They want to bring in new voters. They want to bring in people from alien cultures and and want to replace sort of the, the voter. Well, that's the thing. It's the difference between the voter base yeah. being replaced versus the different skin color right I, th I, I think and, and Coulter has it right i mean that you know if they can't elect socialists they'll elect a new electorate and that's what they're doing they're bringing in people from collectivist cultures hoping to um you know overturn the fundamentally anglo-saxon individualist protestant worth work ethic kind of 
culture that has driven America. I mean, and, they even say it. They celebrate the fact that yeah, yeah. The minority. So, I mean, the, the great replacement is not, and the regime wants it. You know, the, the establishment, the ruling class, they all want the, to replace the well, you know, they think they're going to be eaten last by the alligators. You know, Chuck Schumer will be the last one eaten. Right. Yeah, absolutely. To- absolutely. And I think they're, you know, it's insane. I, and, and many of the people who want this replacement are, are Jewish and Jewish groups, but many are Christian, too. The Catholic Church and the various liberal denominations, they all uh, go for this, too. So it's not it's not obviously a, a specifically Jewish conspiracy theory. It's just our establishment wants uh wants this. I think they think it'll be more, these voters will be more pliable and vote for collectivism. Getting back to what Mike was saying about Biden not being a uniter, how many Republicans have stood up and loudly said there's no censorship allowed in the United States of America? Not a single one. The Republican Party needs to be an opposition party, and if they're not going to be an opposition party, it needs to go the way of the Whigs and needs to be replaced. Yes, that's right. The great replacement should be replacing the Republican Party. I, I do, yep. you know, I, I, just to, I, I realize the Buffalo thing and it is this whole white supremacy thing, but, but, and the Republicans are useless on this. But, you know, they're also useless on the inflation matter, right? Inflation is all and always a monetary phenomenon. And, this, you know, we're, the government's spending too much money and the Fed is thus monetizing the debt and that is causing inflation. Now, I realize that the, you know, the COVID payouts are mostly finished, but, um, you know, the inflation is not going to stop until the government stops spending. And I, there's no Republican at all, except maybe Rand Paul, who is standing against that. And God bless him. And there's very few, you know, and, uh, you know, again, I'm very much on the Ukrainian side in this war, but I mean, it's $40 billion. I mean, what's it all going for? I mean, it's, it, 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 most of it's got to be graft. I mean, it's got to know what it's going for. It's going for grift. Exactly. That's what yeah. it's going for. Ed, you live right there all around it. I mean, how are people supposed to afford their multi-million dollar homes in Virginia <laughs> out right around the Beltway if uh, the spigot is turned off? It, it's uh, yeah, I don't I don't understand. And that's a lot of money. I mean, it, that's more than the Russian with the original It's more than the entire Russian uh, defense budget. You know, again, going back to what we started with in primaries, how many of the people running in the primaries ran on the budget issue, ran on the censorship issue? Are well, that's easy. Zero, zero on the budget issue. I can tell you that right now. There, no, and that's the time to make the noise. There, there were some. There were some because I have some T-shirts that talk about it, actually, um, from some different conservative Republican candidates. So we're not going to say zero, but it was a very slim minority of them that actually ran on that. And everybody's complaining about the inflation and blaming it on Biden. And certainly Biden bears his responsibility, but it's Congress. And, the, and, it, and these things that these huge COVID and Trump and, and bailouts, Obama. Yeah, I mean, they, they all it's all been a long time coming. And they say when Congress votes, you know, when the Republicans and Democrats agree on something, you know, hold on to your wallet. Well, it's yeah, the stupid Nothing party, the evil party, and bipartisanship is stupid and evil, and that—that's the thing is they all voted for it, and now the Republicans are blaming Obama, and it's like no, you're you're the you're the problem but as well. But they're also a reflection of the electorate. Right? I mean, people want this. They love a lot of people love big government, don't they? Yeah, 
don't know. I think people just don't pay attention or something. Yeah, I'm not so sure I agree with that one, Mike. I mean, I think that the Republican Party does not represent its voters. That's my sense of the situation. And they don't have to because they crush anybody in the primary who's for real. And if anybody gets to Congress, they let them know what the rules are right away. And why should they care? Because you go there with a higher purpose in mind than just getting reelected. Or you should. Oh, yeah. Not once you're in leadership, you don't. I mean, who was it that he's going to vote for McCarthy? Who was it the other day that they were very surprised about? Jordan. Look what I'm with Jordan and McCarthy. Yeah. Jordan said he'll vote for McCarthy to be speaker. And that was pretty surprising. So yeah, once you get to a certain level, nobody rocks that boat. Well, I think they, the, you know, the, the speaker of the house or the minority leader, they control the money for the congressional campaign committees and, you know, Re Republican, Democrat, Senate and house. And so Mitch McConnell controls all that money. And so does Kevin McCarthy. So when it comes to reelection time, unless you're somebody like MTG who can draw money in from all of America, because everybody knows her, I've certainly donated to MTG and um, I don't live anywhere near her. Uh, you can't run a campaign without money from sort of the big uh, congressional campaign committees. And because, uh, I mean, who you're in a little Place that gets back to what I said earlier, Ed. The Republican Party apparatus is so corrupt <laughs> and so rotted that it can't be saved. It can't be taken over. There's nothing to take over. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I think that's right. I just, you know, you need. I, I, one of the things is, have you ever? I have not studied this, but the the rise of the Republican Party. I mean, that how did that happen, right? I mean, that's I think what we will all want to know is like what, what happened because the Whigs were ineffective in dealing with the slavery issue. Well, I know that, but I mean, physically, how did it happen? Tactically, you know, what what actually happened? You, John you know Fremont sat down, called a meeting, and said, "We need a new party that's going to." Be righteous in opposing slavery. Okay, so we need a John Fremont, and I don't know who that's going to be, but it's got to be somebody better than uh, Trump. I mean, you know, there's, I, different, I there's, there's still different variables at play. I and mean, we talk about this, and the, the problem is we still have a big centralized government, and all these people are ruling us from Washington, D.C., when it was supposed to be state and local, where you had a little bit more influence on them. You know, ideally you did, right? They don't care. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in some faraway capital and they're throwing around all this money. And if you're in office, all you care about is yourself and staying in office because you know you're enriching yourself and you're set for life. There's no incentive for them to change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it it's, are it's you guys following, more than one thing. Are you following this New York redistricting business? Apparently, the Democrats just suffered a horrifying loss. Shocking, really. Horrifying considering to the Democrats. Yeah, um, considering that it was done by the uh, court, you know, the, the state court, not the federal court. I'm, I was shocked. I'm pretty shocked. Apparently, they're pushing Nadler into Maloney's district, and two major Democrat powerhouses are now going to fight each other. And the court has pretty much given the Republicans more than they would have gotten no matter what, which I don't get. I don't know how that happened. Well, Nadler and Maloney are both white liberals, and white liberals are not really favored in their party anymore. But the, yeah, but they did I mean, take away. Look at, look at AOC. She defeated a, a white liberal who'd been there for like 30 years. Right. 
But they the point is they, they did take away seats from the Dems in this redistricting thing, which I was not expecting to happen from a New York state court. Uh, what does that mean? I have absolutely no idea, but it's, it's pretty big news for the Democrats or against the Democrats, which is wonderful, obviously. But yeah. Not expected. It'll be fun to watch them uh, going after each other. You know, AOC, she just kind of snuck her way in because what was the guy, Crowley? He didn't bother running against her because he didn't, you know, he paid her no mind. So she snuck in and he never even realized what happened. I think Nadler and Maloney are going to have to go against each other, and that should at least be interesting, maybe entertaining. I don't know. They're both pretty wicked people, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's nice to see them fighting in the same place. So. All right. The other story, are you guys following this thing in Wisconsin? They're suing eighth graders for not using preferred pronouns. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And Gutfeld made a great comment. He goes, since when do eighth graders know what a pronoun is? <laughs> and I love that because- And it depends on that school district, too. They might not I, even I know, know why they're suing because, I mean, it, it, compelled speech is unconstitutional. We all know that. It's been unconstitutional forever, and I this will never support. Uh, survive a court challenge, even in this debased day and age. Huh. Well, haven't these these pronoun things haven't gone through the courts yet? Haven't they? They've been no. like professors or stuff that have. No, I do not think they have. Who can see? Is somebody sharing here on purpose? Huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I just clicked a button. I didn't realize it was coming up on everybody's screen. It's this new uh, function. It's and now really I got to figure cool. out how to get out of it. Did you guys see it? We got a new whiteboard option. Ah. I don't know what to do with a whiteboard, though. First of well, all, we, I'm we going can... to protest right now that this is a whiteboard. And this is things like this that lead to the Buffalo thing. Did you, did you notice that over the last 30 years, every single blackboard in this country has been replaced by a whiteboard? That's racist. And you Very think racist. that's, uh, what do you call it? Random? I don't think so. No. How the heck do I get out of this? I thought this was a picture of the number of liberals for free speech. Air, export. How the heck do I get out of this, y'all? Help me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but we could all like draw on this thing together. and Am I the only one old enough to not know what a whiteboard really is anyway? We can you? Oh, man. See, I got excited. I saw the word new. I clicked on it. Oh, man. Wait, if I open mine, it'll close yours. Yeah, open yours. See what it does. No, it's just going to close my uh, This is great you. radio, guys. Just great radio. As <laughs> it's the comedy portion, right? Okay. Maybe. Now you got my whiteboard. Now what? Who can see what you share here? Everyone has access to this whiteboard, including people in the meeting can save the things and you gee, share. I thought you're the computer guy. How do you get rid of the whiteboard? Oh, look, we can turn it to a color. G I don't have permission to. Um, oh, P. Oh, well, I guess we're stuck with a white. <gasps> Who did that? See, you got it right this time. <laughs> what, I don't um, even know how you did it. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I don't exactly know how to stop it. So um, I think Gina. I apologize, have... audience. I, I apologize. <laughs> I got excited. I think I think you just I think Tucker's responsible for this. You know what? He might be. He even reached it all you the know way what? to our show. 
this this yeah. could this could be uh, one of those aliens that they were discussing uh, in Congress yesterday. Maybe. It's, oh maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. We've had we've had an alien take over. <laughs> there UFO. you go. UFO. Yes, you <laughs> see, but they are not called UFOs anymore. What have they see? Well, right, what they have they changed them to? Unidentified aerial phenomena. A UAP. UAP. Unidentified. Why did they change the name? Oh, it's the military. They always have their own acronyms for everything. <laughs> it's more woke, maybe. Nah, it's just oh. it's just the military. It would need a plus sign at the end for that. Remember, there's the right way, the wrong way, and the army way, right? Mm, so. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Yay. So they didn't find any green men. No, but they found a door on Mars. Oh gosh. What was that thing? They said it was like 13 inches or some crap. It's a shadow cast or something. I don't know, whatever. Well, that was like the face on Mars, right? It was the shadow that so uh, ridiculous. You guys, how many people here remember my favorite Martian? I do, I do. I used to watch that because it was on. That was one of my favorite shows, and I probably will regret admitting that. But I like. And we can we talk about our uh, our uh, topics again? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what are our topics? We we can move from my favorite Martian to Two Thousand Mules. And did anybody watch it? I did watch it. Um, Yes. Ben Shapiro is in a. uh, I don't know if it's a Twitter war or some kind of war with Dinesh over this, that Ben Shapiro doesn't buy it. But Ben Shapiro always seems to sort of, I think somebody on this show said a long time ago, he only goes so far and then he veers back to the establishment. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Ben, I I, I listened to Ben's um, analysis. And you I did listened, it. You did it. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I listened to Ben's analysis and I've, I've, uh, while I haven't watched the documentary yet, I've listened to so many analysis, I kind of get the idea. I, I, I think that Ben is taking it from a very lawyerly perspective, no offense to the lawyers on the panel, uh, in, which, in which he's trying to say, look, if I present this to a jury, I cannot prove that this is the, um, you know, that, that uh, these are fake ballots or that, you know, there, there's some illegal illegality, but I can't prove that, you know, these are fake ballots or that therefore the election uh, was not um, stolen. And I think that's true. I think if you're going in front of a jury with the rules of evidence, et cetera, um, I think I think it's true. But I don't think that's the arena that we're really talking about here. I think the arena is um, smoke, 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 smoke. And then the question is, you know, is there fire? And I think that... Um, I think that Dinesh probably uh, did a good enough job of the smoke, 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 smoke to um, prove that. Right. I mean, he's only, talking, he's only talking one angle of the election. Chief. That's right. Well, as, as the lawyer on the panel, my view was it didn't it, it, it didn't prove fraud at all, but it absolutely established the need for a further investigation. Yeah. I mean, it showed that law enforcement should be looking for these mules and should be asking questions Law enforcement should be questioning those nonprofits. Uh, there are a lot of questions and a lot of investigation that could be done. Now, we've seen what uh, what Durham does with investigations, so I'm not sure investigations are necessarily the answer, but um, that's what the film undisputably proved to me, that there is plenty of smoke. There does need to be an investigation. But, I mean, for all we know, the mules, based on what the movie showed, the mules could have been voting for, for Trump. 
We don't know. Right. Well, we supposedly, all know they aren't voting for Trump. Come on. I mean, that's the, to, that's the smoke, 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 smoke thing. Come but on. I'm saying as a lawyer, I mean, if you're talking you about can't prove it, right? Case, yeah. No, there was absolutely no way that that movie could support overturning the election. No way. Right. Well, supposedly, if you ask the conspiracy people, over 200,000 people have already been arrested for voter fraud for this election. And we've only got a few more weeks to go until the new elections. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been hearing that one for a while. So just saying. So keep an eye out. But it is great. So it did get the movie did get a lot of traction. And uh, D'Souza has said um, we've got 400 theaters that the movie is coming back into. And if it does well in those theaters, um, that they will do even more. And that that part is good. Now, Mastriano in Pennsylvania is a big backer of you know, election fraud. Well, election integrity laws. Okay. Well, I'm going back to what Biden said. That What did he say? We have the biggest fraud organization in history or something. What was that quote? Yes. One of his few truthful sayings. Right. Okay. Does Mastriano have a chance out there? Anybody know? Well, yeah, he's going to win. Absolutely. I mean, Josh Shapiro is the current attorney general and he's the one running for the Democrats. And he is the most loathsome COVID totalitarian in the entire world. I, I again, you know, maybe as a New Yorker, I don't know if I'm going to give in on that, but okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah, right, exactly. But I mean, he he is just just horrible. Now, I I can't tell you whether, you know, something monumental is going to happen between now and November. But yeah, I think Mastriano is going to win if. If the election were held today, you know, I, I definitely think he I'm would. assuming they're going to come after Mastriano very strong about the election fraud business. Yeah. You know what? The thing is, though, I think I've said this before, but, uh, you know, privately, but no matter what the media says, and in a lot of ways, because of the media um, yelling on this, I think a lot of people, Republicans and independents and Democrats have let's just say a lot of doubts about the integrity of the, of the previous election. A lot more than, you know, the media is like, oh no, it was completely clean. There was no cheating. And so I don't think there, I think like 25% of Democrats and over 50% of independents and almost all Republicans think there was something wrong. I think they want to hear what Mastriano has been saying. So I, I, you know, if they go against, if they go at them for that, they're going to, you think they over themselves and they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot because I think that, you know, a lot of people have a lot of questions. Well, that's where when people were looking for those representatives to be vocal, you know, like I know I've talked about it 50 million times, like open your flipping mouth. That's what you are there for. Like your staff can write bills and write policies. You are there to be that vocal mouthpiece and uh, bless him. Like, seriously, he did that and he never wavered in it. So good for him. And that's what people are looking for. So I hope he kicks Shapiro's tookish. And I hope he keeps being very verbal um, about the election fraud. You know, he brought um, hearings to the Pennsylvania House. I mean, he, he's done wonderful in my eyes. Good for him. Now, Kemp, is, Kemp was in a primary and survived or something. Am I correct about that? With Stacy? Kemp in Georgia. That hasn't even started yet. That's yeah, started. No pre-voting. Or early voting. Has early started. voting has started. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, obviously, he's one that people would want to get out just for that, if for no other reason. But because he's the one who said, they want to get out for Stacey. In history, I think. 
Yeah, no, they've got, uh, they've had, I think, 90,000 more show up on the Republican side as of right now for early voting in Georgia. So people are just coming out for Stacey Abrams, well, and we, we can't guarantee that they're actually coming out for her, so, uh, <laughs> or if they're even real votes. Party, how do we get rid of early voting, which is just so... Oh, no. Yeah, there's, there's no way to get rid of it without federalizing elections. I mean, it's a state, you know, elections are run on the state level. You'd have to get all 50 states to independently come to the same conclusion. Well, but each state can shut down its early voting. Yeah. Right. Each state, right. You'd have to do that battle in all 50 state legislatures. Right. So why, you know, why in states that have strong uh, Republican parties are we allowing it? Are they just... They don't want to look like they're racist or something. Maybe. Maybe they're worried Major League Baseball cancel or something on them. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Leah Thomas won't swim there. Maybe. Oh, dang it. I wanted to see her man junk squeezed in a little women's swimsuit. Come on now. Careful with your pronouns here. All right. I'm going to let you guys talk about anything you want to talk about because I'm monopolizing all the issues. Okay. Well, I have a bunch of uh, little things, very little. Um, it looks like Sri Lanka is in the basis, uh, is in a revolution. The people are in the streets because the cost of living is going up and it's going to hit. It's going to hit like the last time the cost of living has gone up and sparked the Arab Spring because a lot of people are just <sighs> on the edge. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, the second one is the China COVID totalitarianism videos every day come out about how crazy the Chinese government is approaching uh, the the tremendous lockdowns. And you just see what they're doing and you think, you know, Fauci is, you know, watching that and um, pleasuring, yeah. pleasuring himself while while seeing it. Um, Sports Illustrated has a uh, put a uh, plus size model, uh, an obese woman on their cover of their swimsuit issue. Um, her height and weight are, are well known and you can calculate her BMI, which is uh, 33.7, which is obese. And uh, that's their new thing. And if they wanna see uh, an example of Get Woke, Go Broke, um, I don't know how many guys are gonna pick up that magazine from the uh, from the newsstand and purchase it, my guess would be zero. Um, Target has a new section in all of their targets. It's the LGBTQIA section, and it has a lot of trans uh, things. Yes, in, I heard that. It, like um, like uh, breast binding, all for teenagers now, not for adults, but all for teenagers, breast binding. Uh, Is that in all locations? Because that was the only store open the other night when I was in Asheville at like 945. I, I, my and guess I is I that the, Asheville the... is one of the last stores that they'll deploy this at, um, which brings me to a funny, should have been uh, one of the first, which brings me to a funny conversation I had with um, a friend of mine uh, over the weekend, uh, lives in New York, um, Republican as can be, but uh, wants uh, abortion legal. And I said, and, and is very worried about Roe v. Wade. And I was like, well, you know, you don't have to worry about anything because in New York, you know, I mean, they're preparing to pass laws where you can kill children up to three, four years old, you know? So that's, that's not a problem in New York. So you shouldn't care about it. And uh, she was like, well, no, I, I, I care very much about it. And if they, if they actually do this, I'm never going to vote Republican again. And so there's a kind of a weird, like, I don't understand. 
And that this brings up the final point is that there are lots of these protests against the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade in, place, in places like New York and Los Angeles, but again, both places where it will have absolutely no effect. And by women who are so hideous uh, with signs, keep your laws off our bodies. It's like, lady, there is no one going to touch that body ever. So you have nothing, nothing to worry about this. You live in California, you live in New York. You're not going to get any, any problems. So uh, I, those are my issues. That's more than just protesting too, right? There's some real threats of violence out there. And again, yeah, almost going, an insurrection. Yeah. I mean, going back to the Buffalo situation and how Biden and leftists want to, want to capitalize on it politically. Again, they, they don't have a problem with uh, Molotov cocktails apparently being thrown into pro-life through the windows of pro-life organizations and their offices. Oh, I wanted to, so you brought up the Sports Illustrated thing and I saw the photo and uh, I, I personally, like I've gained like 20 pounds since the whole COVID thing started and I broke my arm like 50 times. And I won't even wear a bathing suit like that. And I can tell you I'm a lot smaller than uh, whatever the lady was. Um, so I don't find it attractive as a female. I, that's just me personally. But so Jordan Peterson, and I don't know if you guys follow him at all, but he is just a brilliant mind. And uh, anyway, he received a ton of backlash. Did you guys see that? Because he, he had to not, pull that off Twitter or something. He did for like his own emotional well-being or whatever, just because it was so much negativity um, because he... He used his uh, his rights of speech and he said, you know, that's not attractive. And I, mean, I, to me personally, I don't think any of that's attractive. I think a little bit of modesty goes a long way. And that's just me. Um, but yeah, good for him. Sports Illustrated wants to destroy their swimsuit issue. Oh, yeah, we said. I mean, Victoria, Victoria's Secret had done the same thing. Yes, well, haven't, they they, right? haven't one of them Sports put a man in a woman's bathing suit? Have they not done a trans or something, haven't they? Last year, Sports Illustrated. Last year, was that what it was? Yeah, last year. Oh, the one other uh, thing is that there's this outbreak of monkeypox in the United Kingdom. That's another um, I didn't uh, know there was a thing. A, a great benefit of um, diversity. And uh, this generally a West African disease. It's a uh, cousin of smallpox. And uh, the first... Um, First case in the United States and Massachusetts has come up too. Now, monkeypox can be um, prevented with the smallpox vaccine, which I have gotten, um, although I haven't gotten any boosters. Um, and I, I'm sure uh, Steve has gotten as well. I don't know about you youngsters. Um, so it's, it's very effective, but it's a, it's a very bad, uh, very contagious disease with a 10% mortality. Now, I know we've all been talking about how COVID is, is kind of going away and people are done. Um, if I were a conspiracy theorist, which of course, absolutely not a conspiracy theorist, totally not, wouldn't ever think of any conspiracy theorist. But if I were, I would say, what a, what a tremendous uh, advantage to our public health authorities to have yet another really, really bad disease hit the United States uh, right when COVID was going away. So, but I'm not a conspiracy, so I would not just before the midterm it. elections. So COVID yeah. can't hang around like the monkeypox? Exactly. So, I mean, but I'm not a conspiracy. So I completely would ne never say that. 
Is anybody uh, reading the real Anthony Fauci? What? Bobby Kennedy's book. Oh yeah, I read the whole thing, one end to end. I am listening. I listened to about, I guess, six hours of it today in the car. Um, I was never a fan of his. I've always thought he's insane, um, but this book is pretty brutal. Uh, Kennedy makes a very lawyerly case, and I think that um, it's it's the prosecution, right? There's no there's no defense, but as as far as the prosecution goes, I think he makes an excellent case. Right, and I, there won't be a defense because they're not going to give it the time of day, and they'll just ban it, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it, it would convince some people, to, just like with the two thousand mules, something is askew. This is not good. And it makes me look back and say, maybe he's not so crazy about all the other things he's against. It very much convinced me with regard to um, the corruption in the current vaccine industry. Right. And it's come out in the other in many other press outlets, all these kickbacks and all this money moving back and forth, which no one knew about until very, very recently. And that in itself is pretty damning. Yes. Always been follow the money and not follow the science, right? But I don't think people knew that Fauci and all of his cronies are getting paid by Big mm. Pharma and the money's just going back and forth. And and by the way, you know, he's really accusing the government of mass murder on an unprecedented scale. He's talking about the government killing more people than have died in all the American wars put together. This is serious stuff. Yeah. Now I, I show you this. Um uh here here you and I are probably Steve back in 1962. Uh, CDC recommended vaccine schedule for U.S. children. And then, you know, by 1983, they've added a few things. But by 2019, it's gone completely off the scale. Yeah, you know, he mentioned that, and I didn't even realize this, even though I have grandchildren. This is unbelievable. My God. And, and I, you wonder sometimes about, like, this... Okay, so there's a lot of influenza there every year. But even if you take the flu, vi the flu you know, shot out, there... All of these things, these I do not. Where were all the deaths from all of these things um, before 2019 or before you know 1983? Nobody was dying. People died of polio. People died of smallpox. Absolutely, diphtheria, tetanus, wow. pertussis. Yes, um, the you know the other one that I think I got was the um, you know measles, mumps, rubella, MMR. Uh, right. That said, I, I did get that because while I was born in '62, came I, later. Got it. I got it later. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Those, and, and I got gotten tetanus shots, you know, but the and I did get the um, the one here for. Uh, you know, uh, herpes zoster, you know, a chicken chicken pox, um, I, I got the what do they call it, the shingles vaccine, but um, but yeah, this is this is crazy and it's not it's not supported by data. And that's kind of what um, RFK Jr. is saying is like, look at all these things we shoot into children, helpless children, and they haven't done real tests on them and they haven't done, um, but they've, but there's a lot of money here. A yeah, lot well, money. Th this speaks to um, a lot of the anti-vaxxers and their um, allegations that autism, right? Was caused right, but by we saw with the tinfoil hat, and now he's really making me wonder maybe some of it isn't, which is scary to me. Yeah, I mean, after what we've seen over the last two years and how the lack of trust now that so many people have towards the, the healthcare establishment, the way we've been lied to, um, 
you know, I just can't put it past him for lying about maybe that these vaccines did have something to do with autism, which, right? I mean, it's autism. I don't know all the data. Uh, so I, I assume that the autism cases have gone up quite a bit in, in the last yeah. of decades, dating back to oh, the, you, absolutely. Show, you, show, you showed 1983. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's true or not. I'm just saying their credibility is, is not well, where correlation it's doesn't. Uh, mean ca causation, right. but I mean, that doesn't mean that it, 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 it anti-correlation does prove anti-causation and we don't have that. So let's, uh, you know, let's take this seriously. One of the other things that um, RFK says, and he, you know, coming from a kind of liberal perspective, he, he, um, uh, he, he finds this reprehensible. Um, but a lot of these vaccines are tested in third world countries where they can bribe the, um, yeah, the powers did. that be to uh, use their black and brown subjects as um, as guinea pigs in testing these vaccines, and not only are is there a big scandal about the COVID vaccine in one, uh, Argentina or one the Brazil or one of those countries down there, where a lot of it is uh, a lot of the testing is thought uh, of the COVID vaccine is thought to have been fraudulent, but there is a lot of money riding on these uh, test results and you do it in these corrupt third world countries and you inflict it on these kids and, and you don't know, you have really no confidence that the test results are accurate. And that's what RFK is doing. Now it puts a little racial angle on it because you know, you're doing, you're taking these black and brown people as your test subjects. Um, and uh, they don't test them on middle-class American kids, that's for sure. And definitely not on Cape Cod. And yeah, there's another story where they tested uh, a bunch of vaccines on black orphans in New York. And it was, um, you know, these, these vaccines were horrendous uh, in, their, uh, in their side effects. And yet uh, nobody cares about black orphans in New York because they're black and orphans. And that's, you know, that's another one of the things that he, he talked about. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's right. Um, I, I think I saw Dr. Malone um, post today on Substack, and he was talking about Pfizer still really pushing really hard for the vaccines for kids, if I'm not mistaken. So they're still going at it pretty yeah. strongly. Kids. I mean, the data is absolutely clear. Steve Kirsch had this the other day. The, um, the, the risk formula vaccine is, is, um, is greater than the risk from COVID for anyone under 60. And uh, of course, I'm under 60, and I got the first two shots of Pfizer, but the, all that means is I'm done. Because um, I had the disease, and like, you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but who cares, right? If I get it again, I get it again, whatever. Um, whereas the shots are very much a uh, Russian roulette. All these people dropping, you know, athletes, uh, politicians, you heard about the senator, um, the Senate or Lieutenant Governor candidate in Pennsylvania uh, got a stroke uh, two weeks after the vaccine. I mean, or the booster. I mean, it, you, you hear all about that. Uh, these, you know, oh, I just got boosted. Uh, aren't I a wonderful virtue signaling person on Twitter? And then two weeks later, it's like, we're sad to report that, you know, Jane Doe passed away suddenly from an unexpected. Right, but they, they blame it on the virus anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, a very high risk vaccine. And I, I certainly, um, I'm done. Two shots is enough. Okay, Mike, what haven't we talked about that you wanted to talk about? 
Well, I, I thought it was notable that I came across a story that I sent to everybody yesterday about the Goya, I think the CEO was on TV talking about the coming food shortages. And, uh, you know, it's just, obviously we've been kind of expecting news of this nature more and more to come out with everything that's going on. But, um, you know, if people are upset about baby formula, I think they're going to be a lot more upset in the coming months. So, but the good news is uh, Cinco de Mayo just passed. So, you know, if you got your, your Goya before that, you're okay. <laughs> I guess the, the silver lining will be that uh, we'll have less obese people to put on Sports Illustrated once the food shortages hit. And uh, you'll probably have less people dying from COVID because that is the biggest comorbidity, right? So, you got you to find all the positives, Mike. Yeah, you got to look for the positives. Here's and maybe nice. we'll talk about a little bit more next week because I don't want to open up a new can of worms for today. But this whole price gouging and price fixing issue is going to be a big issue. Gina, what didn't we talk about that you wanted to talk about? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the crazy evangelical Lutheran uh, church. Um, so they're flipping nuts. So they are not Christian. I'm just going to say that right now. Y'all are not Christian. So in 2021, they were the first to have a transgender bishop in their Northern California. So they oversee like 200 churches, but they had put out a statement yesterday, um, regarding abortion, um, saying that overturning Roe Way contradicts this church's teaching. The church teaches that abortion and reproductive health care, including contraception, must be legal and accessible. So they are nothing but a pawn of Satan. I hope their church goes up in flames. I hope nobody's hurt, but that they come to know the Lord. Um, but I hope God brings down the wrath of hell on this event evangelical lutheran conference progressive crazy people that are not christ followers at all they're flipping nuts that's all thank you oh and let me just say one thing real real quick so women's pre reproductive health when you have an abortion it scars your uterus and it messes you up to have bad pregnancies in the future atopic pregnancies placental issues all kinds of stuff you're killing your own reproductive health and you're idiots i don't understand um Sorry. why they call it healthcare because obviously it is not at all. fecundity oh. is not a disease mm. it Word, it, we know why we know why they call it <laughs> yeah ed m clean up as usual well ed p and mike actually stole some of my thunder you know ed your first two stories were the sri lankans <gasps> are revolting. oh i just wrote on my face don't worry, nobody will notice. Use you know. the whiteboard next time. I know, it's got the eraser thing, darn it. And your first two stories where the Sri Lankans are, are protesting and rioting because their living standards are going down. And, you know, Mike, you talked about food shortages. And Ed, your second story was about the Chinese lockdowns, especially in Shanghai. And, and I think I want to connect all that because I think that the lockdowns in Shanghai are aimed at us as much as they are at the Chinese people. I think that... Those 26 million people in Shanghai all work in factories, factories that send goods, that produce goods that get shipped to the United States. And I think it's all a coordinated effort to disrupt our supply lines and make our shelves more and more empty and barren. Um, it's not food. They're not sending us food. That's true. But uh, I do think that, that they're trying to, that the Chinese are implementing the lockdowns to um, to, to hurt the United States economy. 
Um, I think, Mike, you're exactly right about food shortages. Uh, we've been talking about that on the show for a while. I think they're getting closer and closer. And I mean, I hate to say it, but dictatorships always weaponize food. They always weaponize food. And, you know, just calling it the way I see it, I think that this regime is trying to weaponize food. They're weaponizing food and they're trying to weaponize fuel. And uh, I think that I think that something big is coming this year and whether it happens or not this year, uh, it's baked in the cake that 2023 is going to be an absolutely awful year. Uh, these price hikes are going to be reflected in prices down the road. Um, and down the road means the end of 2022 and into 2023. So, and the stock no market fell another thousand points today, which is sort of indicating that, uh, you know, the GDP uh, went down the first quarter. It looks like it's going to go down this quarter as well Recession. because the stock market is is uh, the lagging you, indicator yeah yeah and so what ends up happening is um we're already in a recession so i mean uh, by by you know the middle of july it will be reported that's that's going to not do any uh favors for whoever's in charge of the biden administration and um uh, you know, the, the, the issue, of course, is that, you know, suppose there is a, a huge Republican sweep in the fall, um, they will not do anything. And uh, what needs to be done is, is a radical cutting of the budget. And then when I say radical, I mean, you know, right, you know, 30%, you know, something crazy. Um, I would say bigger than that. And especially, I mean, you, you're, you're moving into, you know, whether the Fed is going to stick to its interest rate hikes, right? Yeah. Right now, they're, the Fed funds rate is still only about 1%. And if they bring it up to even 5% on $30 trillion, you're talking about $1.5 trillion a year just in interest payments. And that's and, why the uh, right. cuts have to be radical. I mean, 5% right. interest, interest rates with an 8.5% official inflation rate and a, 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 an inflation rate that most economists think is closer to 20%. Five percent interest rate is not going to do a darn thing other than wreck the government's budget, yeah, and wreck wreck private businesses' budget. All the all the debtors out there that have adjustable rate debts. So I think it's going to be worth watching. Certainly over the next couple couple months. I mean, today this is what May eighteenth today. I mean, we've got it, just in the next two months. Is the Fed going to blink? Is the Fed going to keep keep to its word on raising interest rates? I just don't see how they can do it without crashing the entire economy. I think they're going to crash the entire economy. I think, I that think they're so. going to crash the economy through inflation rather than through bankruptcies. I mean, you absolutely could rewrite. I, I think that there has all there there started to be the Greenspan put, which you know evolved into the um, I, don't, I forget who was the chair in two thousand eight, um, but it was the same thing. They Bernanke Bernanke put. Um, to uh, to prop up the stock market. And I think they've run out of tools for that. And I think they're just going to let the stock market drop. And I think it's going to drop 50% at least. Um, this is bad for me because I have a 401k, but it will unwind a lot of these unprofitable businesses and hopefully unwind a lot of these unprofitable uh, governors and state legislatures. But one of the points of, the inf of inflation is to erode the value of the government's debt. And right. for the Fed to raise rates, 
it's actually increasing the value of the government's debt. So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that you're crazy for thinking what you're saying there, Ed. Uh, but I think that that would happen if the Fed were truly interested in helping the economy. That would be sort of a, you know, we need to have a cleansing. We need to fix things. I don't think they want to fix things. I think they want to destroy. And I think the way to destroy is to call a halt to the rate hikes, say that we need to prop up the stock market, prop up the economy, and let inflation do what it's going to do. And I think that's what they're going to do. That's, that's just my, that's my prediction. I mean, if they were good people, they would follow your advice there, Ed, but I don't think they're good people. I think they're extremely evil people that are trying to destroy our economy and trying to destroy our civilization. No argument here. Ready to wrap folks? Um, so it's like time to go to church. Excellent, excellent show. I'm not going to church, but it was still an excellent show. We'll see y'all next week, regular time. This will be up as a podcast, hopefully within about an hour. And thank you very much for paying attention to us. Send feedback to <laughs> conser- the Conservatarian Exchange at Liberty Block, or is it Conservatarian Exchange at Liberty Block? I'll put that well, up. If anyone knows, is supposed to know that, it's you, Steve. Right. <laughs> right now, I'm so tired. <laughs> Don't even know that. But anyway, have a wonderful evening, folks. Take care. Have a great night, you guys. All right, guys. Great night, everybody.